Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi, everyone. This is Rev Deb, and we are here for session 46 of our text keys. And so today we will be looking at chapter 27, section 6, through chapter 28, section 3. So let's take a moment just to acknowledge the Holy Spirit's presence and to ask for his wisdom and his peace and his interpretation. Amen. So we start off in uh, chapter 27, section 6, and our first section is the witnesses to sin. So here in this section, he's telling us that not only is pain demonstrating that the body is real, but also pleasure. Something we probably didn't really think about. But he's saying, well, you know, pain compels the attention, drawing uh, it away from God into the body, making the body real. But then it also says, well, pleasure does the exact same thing. Pleasure and pain are equally unreal. Because their purpose cannot be achieved. They have no means. Their means is for nothing. And then in paragraph 2 he says, Well, sin shifts from pain to pleasure and again to pain. So going back and forth, it's still making the body real. It's still insisting that the body is real. And then we have the witnesses calling to say, Yeah, that's it. You know, Whether it's pain, whether it's pleasure. It doesn't matter. It's taking our attention away from God and into the body. The body, this home that we have made to keep us separated from God. So the body is purpose, purposeless within itself. Paragraph 3 here. It holds all your memories and all your hopes. We use its eyes to see, etc., etc. But it's not a true witness. It's not a witness to the truth. So then he goes on and he tells us, well, you know what, here we invite God. We invite God's witness sees no witnesses against the body. Neither does he hearken to the witnesses by other names. He knows that the body is not real. Right? Nothing can contain the essence of who we are. Right? Each miracle helps us to see that. But we are not the body. We are not this illusion that's happening. The miracle doesn't make any distinctions either. right? It just shifts us out of what we have made. And what we have made is what we feel guilty about. right? So the miracle forgives. That's what happens. The miracle forgives and because it stands for what is past forgiveness and what is true. So... 
We don't need this worldly pleasure. We don't need the pain. Obviously, we seem to learn better through the pain than we do from the pleasure. The pleasure part is there to say, hey, well, this world isn't so bad after all. But yeah, I could stay here in this world. But no, we don't want that either as we're doing this. So it's to be witness to the miracle, not the laws of the ego. The laws of the ego are the laws of sin. And know that we can be healed. And it's the healing of our mind. Seeing that there's no separation. Seeing that there really is no body, but only the essence of who we are. And in the holy instant, we see this. We understand it, and it replaces all the sin that we think is there. So be healed that you may heal and suffer not the laws of sin. Truth will be revealed to us. So... There you have it. Pain or pleasure, it's all unequal to the truth. It's the same that it's an illusion. So let's look at our next section. Our next section is section seven, the dreamer of the dream. So he talks about suffering as he leads us off here in this section. It's an emphasis upon all that the world has done to injure you. The mented version of salvation clearly shown like to a dream of punishment, right? That we're a victim of something. Yet we have the power. We are the dreamer of the dream. We're being shown what we can escape. We can escape this. All we need to do is look at the problem as it is, not the way that we've set it up. We don't want to focus on what we've set up. What we focus on is that we can escape from it, that we can leave this behind. And there's so much reasoning that keeps this world in place, you know, as we learned in the last section, right? The pain and the pleasure, and boom, we think it's all real, we think it's continuous. But here, all we need to do is release our ideas and our beliefs about it, and it would make a real big difference. You know, the purpose that we see in the world is what we want to see in the world. It could help us to awaken from the dream by us realizing that it holds nothing over us. So where are we going to place our allegiance? Allegiance to truth or to the illusion? So we're no longer the victim of that dream if we accept that, wait a minute, I am the dreamer of this. I've done this. And we don't have to feel guilty about that. All we have to feel is that, okay, I've done this, and now I can do something different. I can, I can dream of my brother's kindnesses, as he tells us towards the end of this section. We can accept the dream that the Holy Spirit can give us instead, that helps us to awaken, right? We have been the dreamer. We accept that. Now we rest in the Holy Spirit. And his gentle dreams take the place of everything else that we've dreamed in terror and fear, right? That have given us so much um, to rely on here in the world. The idea of fear and that we're a victim of everything that occurs, that people are doing things to us. And what we find is that, wait, wait a minute, we've, we've dreamed this. And so we let go of that dream of guilt of the separation, right? We come into that happy dream that's going to lead us to accepting the truth. 
So here we are dreaming of our brother's kindnesses instead of focusing on the mistakes. Right? Forgive the illusions. Give thanks to our brothers for the helpfulness. It's not to focus in on the mistakes that our brothers have made, but to embrace our brother, to see beyond what those mistakes have been to what is truly helpful. Our brother really helps us to understand and to give us life. And wow, what, what a difference it can make for us when we release that. Dream of the kindnesses. Remember the kindnesses. Don't focus on the mistakes. That's one thing I take from this. I don't want the pain of the mistakes and the, the, that disturb me, but to have deep appreciation. You know, when I've had those situations in my life, not to focus on that. People have said hateful, miserable things to me. It's, no, I'm going to remember the truth about that person. Remember their kindnesses and see only that. I don't have to be with that person. I don't have to hang out with that person. But I can remember the truth about that person. So our next section is the hero of the dream. Well, the hero, and that's in quotes, right? Uh, page 585 here, the body is the central figure in the dreaming of the world. There's no dream without this body, right? This body is it, <laughs> the hero, and it looks above everything, and it tells the story, as he says here, let's see, how it was made by other bodies, born into the world, outside the body, lives a little while and dies, united in dust with other bodies. It's all the story of the body, this little identity, right? And then it goes beyond that. It talks about the little metal discs or paper strips that the world uh, proclaims is valuable, real, right? And everything else that we have made. And then we have these serial adventures. You can see this as uh, a movie, right? You know, sequel one, two, three, you know, uh, continuing. Right? Just like our lives are chapters, right? And we focus so much on the chapters. Well, what happened in my past and uh, in that chapter, in my 30s and in my 40s and in my 20s and in my teens and when I was born? And we focus so much on that, the past, right? Are you willing to escape those dreams of the past? Are you willing to, to see yourself differently? But underneath it, we don't realize that we have made that determination, that we've made this world. We don't see that. We think it's happened to us. And so we feel a victim of the world, and we blame God. But we've made this, made this dream. And this is where that wonderful quote comes in, uh, in paragraph 6. Into eternity, where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. Right? We thought that this cover-up of this world was serious. Now, we could see that in our lives as maybe we've taken ourselves serious. And that's just one level of looking at it. But the level underneath that is we've taken this whole idea that this world is serious, that everything that happens to us is serious. And he tells us what, what we see in the world, and we've heard this idea before, it's like what we see in the world is exactly what we thought. Exactly what we thought it did. 
And paragraph 80 says, the world demonstrates an ancient truth. You will believe that others do to you exactly what you think you did to them. There you go. They do to me what I think I did to them. And we don't think about that, right? We don't think about that. You know, we get we get these um, people saying things about us, and, and like I've had many times in the past, and it's like I don't realize that, you know, wait a minute, there's a part of me that's put that out there, right? That's put that out there, and I'm just receiving it back, right? It's those witnesses sending out, coming back once again. We're hearing this message so many different times. And so when we turn to the Holy Spirit and we see in 9, he says, in general laughter, does the Holy Spirit perceive the cause and looks not to the effects? Okay, so I've had a crazy thought, right? I've had that thought of separation. Look at each terrible effect. He bids you to bring each terrible effect to him that you may look on it together, right? You want to look on this and see the foolish cause. Oh my gosh, and just laugh with him. Have you had that occur? Where you thought something was so serious and, and it upset you so much. And I know I have. And then when I looked at it, it was like, well, wait a minute. I believe that. And that belief is not true. That's not the truth of who I am. I've made that judgment against myself. And I believed what someone else's words uh, were all about, whether it was uh, short past or long past. I believed what those voices told me. But wait a minute, that's not who I am in truth. I, I am innocent. I am wondrous and beautiful and the light of the world. But so we judge those effects. We judge those things that seem to be happening to us. And his judgment re removes all of that. Sometimes he says, well, you sometimes you come in tears. Sometimes that has to occur. But we have to look at those idle dreams and see, wait a minute, I don't believe this. And I know when that happened to me, the last time that it happened to me, when I came around and I saw the truth, it was like, oh, how can I believe that? When God tells me something different, when the Holy Spirit leads me to something so much different. And the thing is, the whole bottom line, whatever hurt you, bring to him and he will make answer with this very simple truth. He will answer us. And we will recognize that it's all a dream. And there's a simple statement that the miracles reflect, and that is, I have done this thing, and it is this I would undo, right? I, if it's here in the world, made a mistake, oh, I've done this thing, I can undo it. Same thing on a larger scale. This whole idea with the separation. I've made this idea of the separation, but I can undo it by not suffering anymore, by not focusing on differences by seeing that there is only oneness. There is no secret that we're already healed. It's a done deal. It's opening up to accepting that we are healed and as one. So our next section is actually the next chapter. So we are looking at chapter 28 now. The present memory is the first section. And so here it is, is that the miracle really does nothing. It, it undoes what we have made up in our mind. Everything that we made with this world 
has been made with guilt. The pain, the pleasure, all with guilt to keep us hidden from God's love or to keep God's love hidden from us, right? It's down there at the bottom. And we've covered it up so much so we are clinging on to the ego's memory that God did this to us, blah, 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 when underneath it all is that that's the memory we want, the memory of God. So we can allow the Holy Spirit to use the world to help us to remember. We've heard this before. We can use it to help us to heal and not to hurt. So when we give this to the Holy Spirit, by recognizing it, by accepting it, by being willing, then he can change the content and the purpose for us. He can make use of our memories, for God is in our memory. It can help us to release and let go even more. And where we can go is to that memory of God, that memory of love that binds us all binds us in a good way, that bonds us, let's say it that way, that bonds us, that unites us. We have taught ourselves everything but love. And he tells us that we have been badly taught or poorly taught. All we've been reinforcing is the fear and the belief in separation, unworthiness, unlovability, you name it we have been reinforcing it. But the Holy Spirit remembers the cause, God. He remembers that we are the effect of God, that we have been an extension of His love. What we remember is just what the ego has planted, really, you could say. You kind of think of the Matrix movies uh, in that. Remember, they planted those memories in there, but it really wasn't what the truth was that was going on. So now we're ready to take that pill, and we're ready to say, wait a minute, I want to know the truth of what's really going on. Well, what's really going on is when we can stop, and wait a minute, get quiet, and remember that that's God. God is there. Not all this other stuff that I've made up, right? The beliefs that I've had about myself. I know that's where I go with it, is those beliefs that I have held about myself. And I, found more, I find more and more that I become calmer and calmer and calmer as time goes on. Because I'm not buying into those thoughts. And when I can be quiet in my mind, and you can be quiet in your mind wherever you go. You don't have to go in a corner or like my chair, my meditation chair in the back there. I can, I can be anywhere to have the miracle come to my quiet mind. Be in a busy area. Be in the middle of an argument with someone and say, wait a minute, I don't want to go there. I want to stop in my mind. I want to remember the truth of you and I, that we're one. And then as we turn the page, towards the end here, he says, The stillness speaks in gentle sounds of love the Son of God remembers from before his own remembering came in between the present and the past to shut them out. So we're going beyond the false memories that the ego has perpetrated. 
to what is the only memory, the present memory, what's going on right here, right now, is that we are in heaven now. That's it. We can't lose that memory. Can't lose that memory. We can seem like we do. We can forget it. But it's always there within us. And there it is. And our Father wants us to be lifted up to come across that bridge so he can take the final step. And he supports us in this process. We've never been excluded from him, and we never will be. So our next section, uh, as we look here, is section two, reversing effect and cause. So without cause, there's no effects. And we've heard this idea before, right? Without effects, there's no cause. Well, effects don't create their own cause. The cause here, of course, is that God is the cause. We are the effect. Here in the world, we think that things are happening to us, but we have to remember that it starts with our mind first, right? The thoughts that are in our mind. So when we recognize that all healing comes about because the mind is recognized as not within the body, you know, it's not the brain. It's the mind, the mind that has been united with God. And then the decision maker can decide, well, am I going to stay with the ego's idea or am I going to decide to look at what God has for me instead? And so our innocence is apart from this body that we have. And so then he even talks about, well, sickness, and as you can hear in my voice, <laughs> I've been sick. And even though he talks about sickness as really mental sickness, right? It's the, the mind is only sick. It's a meaningless attempt to give effects to a causelessness and then make it a cause. So me focusing on my sickness for the last few days would tell me, hey, I'm a body. You know, I'm the effect of some germ, some virus here in the world. And that's what's happened to me where really it's, Something has come up in the mind that I have felt guilty for. I don't know what it is, but it, it's always the ultimate guilt, right? The separation. And here it is. Now, I don't have to focus on and, and be upset about it. All I have to do is get to the root, which is the separation. The separation from God. I understand that. And I don't want to be separate from God. I want to join with God. I, I know I'm already joined with God. So the miracle is going to help me to have that joining. And so whatever's going to happen to keep us focused on the body, that's what's going to happen. But we can walk through this, like I can walk through this cold and know that I am not in truth a body. I'll do what I need to do to take care of myself, but I don't have to feel guilty for the body, for the illness, for anything. Because the ego is not my father. God is my father. So I've been asleep. We've all been asleep, but now we're waking up. We're waking up to the truth of who we are. And so he says to us, do you wish for dreams of healing or for dreams of death? What dream do you want? Do you want to reverse this idea that we've had? That we're separate and alone. 
So he says this world is causeless, as is every dream that anyone has dreamed within the world. What else could be expected from a thing that has no cause? I, in my mind, not my brain, my mind, have made this world. The Son of God has made this world. So, the dreamer of a dream is not awake. You know your nighttime dreams. I've had dreams. I had dreams last night that my 18-year-old daughter was actually back to two years old. Like, my grandson is two years old from my other daughter. And I had a dream that, that she was two years old again. And it's like, well, I know she's not two years old. I know she's 18. She's going to graduate high school next year. So that's a simple thing, right? But we're dreaming this dream. This dream of me talking to you right now on a camera is a dream. See, but when we're in the dream, when I was in this dream and I was going to the grocery store with my two-year-old, <laughs> right, my two-year-old, 18-year-old daughter, it felt real. It felt like a real experience, right? But I didn't realize I was asleep. It was so vivid and it was so seemingly, uh, everything was perfect. It didn't seem out of the ordinary. There wasn't like weird colors and weird shapes or um, in a city that, you know, we weren't at. It was back in our old hometown and, and everything. And it all seemed very real. But I didn't know I was asleep until I woke up, right? So we see illusions of ourselves. And that was an illusion of myself and of my daughter. Until I woke up and like, wait a minute, that's not what's going on right now. And that's what we're going to do when we wake up from this dream is, well, we're not even going to remember. It's just going to be, we will be who we are in truth. So he goes on and he says, um, the dreamer of a dream is not awake, but does not know he sleeps. This is in paragraph six. He sees illusions of himself as sick or well, depressed or happy, but without a stable cause with guaranteed effects. The miracle establishes you dream a dream and that its content is not true. This is a crucial step in dealing with illusions. No one is afraid of them when he perceives he made them up. The fear was held in place because he did not see that he was the author of the dream. That he did not see that he was the author of the dream and not a figure in the dream. He gives himself the consequences that he dreams he gave his brother. And so on it goes. We're creating the whole story. We don't realize that we made the story up. Just like a play or a movie that we've made it up. So the separation started with the dream the father was deprived of his effects and powerless to keep them since he was no longer the creator. In the dream, the dreamer made himself, but what he made has turned against him, taking on the role of its creator as the dreamer had. And so as he hated his creator, so the figures in the dream have hated him. And that's that whole story that we have made up, that we're the victim. Effect and cause are split off, then reversed, so that, that effect becomes a cause and the cause effect. So we think that things happen to us here in the world that, you know, that is the cause of our problems and our pain. And so the Holy Spirit helps us to see, okay, here, here's the miracle. Returns the cause of fear to you who made it. We have the fear in our mind. We don't have to feel guilty about that. We just have to realize that we can be healed by miracles because we're shown that the mind made sickness. 
The lesson is the mind was sick that thought the body could be sick. The mind was sick that thought the body could be sick. Projecting out its guilt caused nothing and had no effects. So we just thought it to be, but it really isn't. The world is full of miracles. They stand in shining silence next to every dream of pain and suffering of sin and guilt. They are the dream's alternative, the choice to be the dreamer. And so we're releasing the body, consequence of sickness. This is not done to me. I am doing this. I am doing this. Whatever's going on, I am doing this. Whether it's me feeling uh, some suffering, me feeling a cold, I am doing this. I don't have to feel guilty about it. I just have to release that to the Holy Spirit and realize that somewhere in my mind, it's the effect of the sin and guilt that I have been feeling. So let's look at our very last section. And that is the agreement to join. So he starts us off here. Uh, what waits in perfect certainty beyond salvation is not our concern. <laughs> You've barely started to allow your first uncertain steps to be directed up the ladder separation led you down. Yep. Going back up the ladder, but the idea of separation stopped us, brought us all the way down. The miracle is the only thing to be focusing on because the miracle shifts us out of that fear and into the love. So when we agree with another that we are separate, that's when our mind is sick. It's our joint decision to be sick. If you withhold agreement, accept the part you play in making sickness real, the other mind cannot project the guilt. So when we don't join in this idea of sickness, okay, I'm not going to join with this idea. I'm going to be at peace with it. We're going to unite with our brother, right? I mean, just take something like a cold. It's like, well, people don't want to be with you when you're cold, right? That's one level of looking at this idea of separation. But the whole sickness is, is that we've made these bodies and we think them to be real. And so I'm a body, you're a body, we're separate. So the miracles, the miracle does nothing just because the minds are joined and cannot separate. Yet in the dreaming has this been reversed. And separate minds are seen as bodies which are separated and which cannot join. So the miracle helps us to join, to see ourselves as joined and not the gap that is between us that we think. So when we have the end of dreaming, it's the end of fear. And love was never in the world of dreams. The gap is little. Right? We want to see the cause of pain. Cause of pain is the separation. It's not the body. The body hasn't done anything. The body is only effect of the idea of separation, of the feeling of separation that we've had. Separation is an empty space, he tells us at the top of the page, paragraph five there, and closes nothing, doing nothing, and unsubstantial as the empty place between the ripples that a ship has made and, and passing by. Wow. Just how water rushes in to close the gap. You know, you have the boat going by, and there's the ripples, closes up. But God builds the bridge. Minds have joined to close that gap. So God builds the bridge. 
only in the space left clean and vacant by the miracle. Remember? Shifting fear to love. There's the clean space. There's God building that bridge. He can't bridge sickness and the shame of guilt. He can't do that. We have to let them go by. No, I don't want to be afraid of the guilt. I don't want to be afraid of that. I don't want to buy into it. And I like this, he says, count then the silver miracles and the golden dreams of happiness as all the treasures you would keep within the storehouse of the world. The door is open to your brothers who took the gold for the shining of a pebble, who stored a heap of snow that's shown like silver. We've mistaken what the treasures are in this uh, beautiful poetic portion here. We've mistaken what the real treasures are for us. He says, be not afraid, my child, but let your world be gently lit by miracles. The little gap was seen to stand between you and your brother. Join him there. Join in the gap. Sickness will be seen without a cause. The dream of healing and forgiveness lies. Forgiveness is the key. Forgiveness is the key to happiness. Forgiveness is the key to letting down the wall or the veil between us. Forgiveness is the key to it all. If we are to remember truth. We forgive the world. We forgive our brother. We forgive what we have seemingly done. Right? We forgive it all. And we step forward. No longer are we deprived. We step into this holy feast that the Father lays before us as the Son. We share equally with God. Love has set its table in the space that seemed to keep your guests apart from you. That's what he ends this section with, with. Love has set that table for us. Let's pull a seat up to the table and let's enjoy the feast of love. No more thinking about suffering and the pain and the guilt and everything else, the shame that we've had. We're very simply believing in the separation. Now we can believe in union and that we are equal with God. So that's our last section for this week. Uh, next time in week 47, we'll be looking at chapter 28, section 4 through chapter 29, section 2. So we're getting close to the end here. So thanks so much for joining with me. And as always, I wish you peace.